Hi everyone, welcome to Stats with Crayons, a podcast where we talk about statistics, oral health, and everything in between. My name is Alonso Carrasco-Labra from the Center for Integrated Global Oral Health at Penn Dental Medicine. Our guest today is Elizabeth Sweeney, and we'll be discussing about normal distribution. Hi, Elizabeth. Thank you very much for joining us today. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Elizabeth. I am a new assistant professor here at Penn in the Biostatistics Division. Previously, I was an assistant professor at Wall Cornell in New York. And uh, my area of research is on MRI analysis. So I do a lot of work with patients who have multiple sclerosis and analyzing the MRI from this. And in my work, I collaborate very closely with radiologists and neurologists. Thank you, Elizabeth, for joining us. We are very excited to have you here today. So as I mentioned today, we're going to talk about normal distribution. So if you have not seen our videos on this topic, I recommend you to check it out. You can find a link in the show description. Elizabeth, you told me before uh, this conversation that uh, you have encountered or you work frequently with variables in your collaboration with researchers. And the concept of normal distribution shows up frequently as something that is applicable and necessary to conduct these tests. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, I think one of the key factors in uh, my work dealing with the normal distribution is determining what data follows a normal distribution and what data does not. So I do a lot of work with patients who have multiple sclerosis and we do some cognitive testing of those patients. And a lot of the cognitive variables do follow a normal distribution. Um, so we are able to use a lot of statistical methods that depend on following the normal distribution. But there's one measure that we use, it's called expanded disability status scale. And that variable does not follow a normal distribution. A lot of people don't have very much disability, so it's uh, positively skewed. So you have some people with a lot of disability, but more concentrated on people who um, do not. And that actually causes a lot of problems when we're analyzing it, and we have to use different methodology for that. So can you give our audience an example of how we encountered this concept on our day-to-day -day life? Yeah, I think the normal distribution is kind of floating around all over the place, and we may not even notice it. Like many, many variables that we observe in real life follow a normal distribution. I'll give an example of a few, uh, maybe heights in a population weights in a population, uh, exam scores. They don't always follow a normal distribution if it's a really hard exam or something, you might have yeah. some bimodal data or something like that. But just so many variables follow the normal distribution. So one of the most frequently used tests for certain variables is the t-test, student test. So can you tell us a little bit about it? So the t-test, there's a number of different types of t-tests. The simplest t-test is a one sample t-test. So you might have some data and you might be curious, is the mean in my data three? And you would test your null hypothesis as the mean three. And the t-test takes into account the average in that sample that you have and the variation in the sample and allows you to test that hypothesis. There's a couple of assumptions for a t-test, and one is that your data follows a normal distribution, which we've been discussing today. 
My next question is why clinicians and researchers should care about this concept, should know about this concept and, and understand their implications. I think there's several reasons that we should care about the normal distribution. One that I can just think of right off the bat is if I'm describing my data. So data that follows a normal distribution, the mean, the median, and the mode of the data are about equal. So any of those measures is a great way to describe the data. It gives us a measure of central tendency for that. But if you have data that deviates from a normal distribution and you have large outliers, something like the mean may be pulled towards those outliers and may not be the best way to describe your data. So I think one reason you want to just be aware of this, if your data follows a normal or does not, is just for very basic description of that data and what statistics are best to describe it. Another reason, a little bit more um, nuanced, is what statistical test you're going to use. So, for example, the t-test depends on your data following a normal distribution. And if your data doesn't follow that, you've broken one of the assumptions and you may want to use a different statistical test. So just being aware of what distribution your data follows is the first step for performing solid statistical inference following up. So you just mentioned that an important step before determining the, the test that needs to be used is to test for normality, whether the data you collected actually is treated normal. So have you seen situations when people tend to rely on the robustness of a statistical test, for example, a t-test, and even though they did not they fail to find evidence to suggest that the data distributed normal. They still decide to go for such a test. Yeah, I've seen that several times working with people. I think people forget to test if their variable is distributed normally or will eyeball it. Will look at the data and say, ah, it follows a bell, sort of. <laughs> and I, I think this is a very nuanced question that you ask because Obviously, your data isn't going to follow perfectly a normal distribution, so there's some wiggle room with these tests. Also, if you break an assumption for, say, a t-test, that doesn't necessarily mean that the test isn't valid. If the assumption is horribly broken, uh, we could use that example that I, I came up with at the beginning of our, our chat together about the expanded disability status scale. And that one really doesn't follow a normal distribution. And if you use a t-test to test, let's say we're testing if two populations have different expanded disability status score, yeah, I, I wouldn't believe those results very well. I'd want to use some kind of, we call them non-parametric tests that doesn't rely on that normality assumption. But it, it's, a, it's a nuanced concept you bring up because I think the best thing to do is just test the assumption of normality and then move forward given that test, but not everybody does that. For more bite-sized conversations about statistics and healthcare, check out our other episodes on Apple Music and Spotify. Companion videos to our podcast can be found on our website or on our YouTube channel. Link to these can be found in the episode description. Find us on social media. We would love to hear from you. See you next time at Stats with Crayons.